Good afternoon and welcome to WATD's Powerful Women Revealed, created and hosted by Nicole Perry. You're invited to enjoy an ongoing series of personal and educational discussions with a variety of women that want to educate, inspire, and bring awareness to the community. These women all have a powerful mission and appreciate the opportunity to share their stories, milestones, and successes with you. Here's your host, Nicole Perry. Good afternoon and welcome to Powerful Women Revealed. I'm your host, Nicole Perry, and my guest today grew up on Cape Cod. And like many women who become mothers, as her son got older, she was ready to re-enter the workforce, but couldn't get back to the full-time corporate structure. In divine timing, she was introduced to this cutting-edge, family-owned, clean-crafted wine company and now leads a team of nearly 1,000 consultants across the U.S. And the rest is history. Erin Bowes, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to talk with you today. And we are not, you're, so, you're such a good doobie. <laughs> Can I say that? You're, you're so wonderful. And we're not going to talk about wine today. We're not going to talk about wine at all today. At are. all. No. We are going to actually talk about something we both have in common that we um, recently discovered, and that is eating disorders. Yes. So, um, I don't know, maybe I should say, if you have some, any kind of, it, this might be a trigger for you. So you might want to shut this off, you know, tune in on iTunes later if this is going to, you know, upset you. But, you know, we're going to have a very candid, um, heartfelt discussion on our own journeys and how we have really overcome them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So now um, I disclose my... Um, Emotional binge eating is in my book. I talk about it. You can go to ilovemydiet.com. I really want to encourage you to join the Facebook page because that's where I'm just pouring a little bit of information about how, you know, I live healthily um, now. And um, so I found out I had the eating disorder and I discovered it while I was writing the book. Wow. Which I never like really put two and two together. And maybe it's because I was, you know, head in the sand. I don't know, whatever it was. It really sort of hit me over the head like, oh my God, this is actually an eating disorder. Um, so that was a little bit of my story. Yeah. What happened to you um, when you were in high school? Yeah, so I just want to say, um, Nicole, that, you know, having you over to talk about your book um, the mm. other day. Really, it was it was interesting how things just all flowed and I was almost ready to start sharing a little bit about my experience anyways. But I think it's interesting how you talked a little bit about journaling through the process helped you discover your eating disorder. Yes. And um, for me, it was very much uh, something that just hit me uh, very, suddenly and quickly and it I remember very distinctly it was that phase between shifting from middle school to high school mm. that kind of awkward stage that we've all been through you know 13 14 years old yeah and really becoming hyper aware of what I looked like and what everybody else around me looked like and feeling like I needed to fit into a certain image to so, be popular, to be accepted, to be cool. Yeah, so really becoming a woman. Becoming a woman, yeah. Like the, everything's changing in your body at that age, right? So yeah. um, I think that 
yeah, that's really for me where it started. And it just kind of started with feeling like I wanted to be skinnier mm. and thinner. And then it from there, it moved into, you know, ways to kind of get myself skinnier as fast as I could. And so for me, it developed into an anorexic disorder. Yeah. And that kind of lasted for, I would say, the a full three years or so before I really got treated for it. And actually, it's funny that you say three years. Well, it's not funny. Yeah. But you say three years because I think once it's about one year... It gets it starts to get really hard to come out of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. So so I oh my god, I'm, I'm my <laughs> my head's blowing up with questions right now. So you wanted to feel accepted, and so you really didn't feel accepted. I mean, I think that people looking from the outside in would not have said that at all. I think yeah. they would absolutely have thought. You know, oh yeah, you you have a lot of friends. Your life is very abundant. You know, you look great. Yeah, nobody would have thought that that's probably how I was feeling. But yeah, there was. I had what I learned now was almost like a body dysmorphia, where I was looking in the mirror and what I was seeing was not what everyone else was seeing. Mm. So I was seeing myself as heavier or bigger or fatter or whatever. You know, just my body shape in to me was totally different than what it was in reality isn't that interesting because for so many years i felt like i looked in the mirror and i had that same what is it dysmorphia yeah but it was in the opposite way so when i looked in the mirror i saw a skinny person mm -hmm. and on the outside i really wasn't and I think it can go both ways. Yeah. You know, it's just that perception that you have that's yeah. not what uh, what's reality. Yeah. And even the pictures that I shared at your house with the small group of women to, you know, talk about the book, the pictures were very powerful to me to share the before and after. Because again, when I looked in the mirror, I saw a healthy person, but in a skinnier person than I was healthier than I was and skinnier than I was. And when I look at the before pictures, I'm like, wow, I was really not healthy at all. You could see it in my face, mm -hmm. not just not just my body. You could see how unhealthy I was in my face and there were other issues I had. So it, you know, it, it wasn't just the emotional binge eating that made me look unhealthy. It was all the other things that went up. You know, I had the high blood pressure and high cholesterol and a copper IUD that was making me sick. Yeah. And so there were many other things and yeah. other factors. And frankly, it isn't quite just one thing. No, it never is. And I think also, like, to your point, the same could be said for people who are... Um, on the other end, an anorexic, and they look in the mirror and think they look so much better thin and, and skinny. Yeah. But when they get healthy again, like they come out of that and they see pictures of themselves back then, they go, oh my gosh, I looked so unhealthy. Aha. So it's very interesting when you are able to come out of that dysmorphia, that dysmorphic viewpoint, how it changed, your view changes. You weren't really health, healthy. And yeah. ultimately it also comes down to your mindset, right? Too. Yeah. And like not, so whether you're not feeding your body enough mm -hmm. or you're feeding your body too much, 
Um, either way, it's it's not love. Right. Right? right. So when you're not feeding your body enough food, like to fuel your body, your organs are going to shut down. Mm-hmm. You can't sustain that. No. Nope. Yep. And so, I mean, it's so interesting because it's important to live in the now. Like, of course, we want the yummy ice cream cookie sandwich or, you know, um, you know, uh, the wonderful salad or whatever it is. Um, and it's important to be in the now. Yep. But we have to feed ourselves today so that we can live in the future. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's so... Um, for me, I think, and we can talk about this a little bit more, it, it was about um, coming to a different relationship with food. Yeah. But in order to get to that place, I had to come to a different relationship with like loving myself again. Exactly. The way I was. Exactly. And just kind of that acceptance of it. Yeah, really. And that's what happened with me. I sort of surrendered and just decided, okay, I'm, you know, plump and you know, whatever I am, whatever size, I was actually 198, but that was not my highest. And I talk about that in the book, but I had to come to a point where I'm like, okay, I have to love myself exactly the way I am. Really stand in the mirror naked and just look yourself in the eyes and say, I love you to yourself. Like really, that is a... um, That was huge for me. Yeah, super powerful. Super powerful. And hard for people to get to that point for sure, where they feel comfortable enough doing that. I mean, I remember even, you know, they the before and after pictures that they have you take if you're doing any kind of diet, diet or weight Mm, loss or whatever. Yes, diets. And how many people won't ever do that before picture? Like that's getting super vulnerable, right? It is. And so it's interesting, but actually I I digged for those pictures. So those weren't really before pictures. Yeah, (laughs) Those were, can I just find some old fat photos somewhere? (laughs) Do I have any fat photos anywhere? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it it is vulnerable. It is. And um, I think that, but it's, it's like you have to get to a point where you're like, okay, this is where I am now. Yeah. You know? And then if you have a goal that you want to get to, yeah, you know. And I was able to do that finally in my 50s to look in the mirror and say I love you to myself. Yeah. And so you were a teenager. I was a teenager and I'm not even going to sit here and pretend that I went through this and went th- to treatment for it and then came out and was like, oh, suddenly everything is peachy keen and I'm fine and it's I'm not. never going to think about this again <laughs> for the rest of my life. I absolutely have um, times where it pops up again for me, right? Like you battle that ongoing inner voice of, oh my gosh, my pants are tight or, you know, whatever it is like, um, or I have an event to go to and I want to look really good. And so I have to constantly get my, my head in the right space and pull things back in and go, okay, let, let's just like not go down this rabbit hole of, yeah. you know, digging on myself or like getting, you know, too worried about how I look or what I'm eating or whatnot. Because yeah. if I let it go that far, I could easily feel like I'm headed back in the wrong direction. Yeah. So I think it goes back to self-love. Like you said, it goes back to where do I want to be down the road? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be healthy down the road here for my 
kid here for my family. Yeah, um, being the role, role being model. Being a good role model. And for me, that's big right now. Like, honestly, that's a lot of the reason why I was excited to come talk to you because yeah. I think there are so many young women out there, girls, teenagers, moms, young moms who are battling with this and yeah. it's not talked about at all yeah. enough. Yeah, and we need to talk about it some more and we are way over time here. So we are gonna go to a quick break. Um, you can find Erin on the PowerfulWomenRise.com website in the directory if you're interested in connecting with her. I'm your host, Nicole Perry. You are listening to Powerful Women Rise right here on 95.9 WATD. Can you say that you truly love your diet? And can you say it with confidence this time next year? Nicole Perry can. And it's not because she lost about 25 pounds. Nicole loves her diet because it's easy to follow. What she eats is delicious and how she eats is completely sustainable. You can retrain your brain too, just like Nicole did. Her book, I Am On A Love Diet, is available on Amazon now, along with the companion journal. Or get your copy today by visiting ilovemydiet.com. We are back. You're listening to Powerful Women Revealed. And no worries, Jesse. I know we were supposed to play Adele. But there's a lot of beautiful versions of that song out right now. And it's Go Easy On Me. What I love is um, when I was listening to the Adele song, she says, I had no time to choose what I chose to do. You know, and and if you really think and listen to these lyrics, they're so applicable and there's so many metaphors in there for life and everything, not just eating disorders, but just like choices in life. And really we were talking about, um, you said, it's not like I went to the therapy and came out and suddenly <laughs> it was all gone and it was clean. I was clean from all of this. And you know, that's really what it is to be a human being. Nobody comes out of being a human being clean. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. it's a it's a it can be a messy experience for a lot of us. My experience is not pristine, <laughs> pristine clean, but and it is about the journey. And yeah. I I really see like when I'm older, like I I'm doing the best I can today with what I'm eating, how I'm treating my body, what I bring to the world, what I am being a role model for my children, every single thing, because now, now is creating our past and now is creating our future. And I'm t I love that, that like so resonated with me. And that's all we can do. Like you did the best you could when you were in high school. You were being the best person that you could be. Yeah, and I think that um, that there is a lot to be said about live like being in the moment. For me, that helped me on my journey, like realizing that I can't because honestly, at the end of the day, so much of what I was doing came down to also control. Yes. Right. Yes. So when that when I you're an overachiever, aren't you? Maybe just a little. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I think that I tend to take on a lot and I um, want everything to be great, great, perfect, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, but I think that also I realized that um, 
when I had, when I was forced in a, in a lot of ways to kind of get help for this. Yeah. Um, it was all very quick and sudden. And so a lot of what I was doing felt like it was getting like pulled out from under me, like a rug pulled out from under me. So all those things I had all that control over mm-hmm. suddenly were gone. Gone. They were taken away from me. Yeah. So I had to, you know, that gives you a lot of uncertainty, right? A lot of anxiety. There's already uncertainty in the world. There's already uncertainty. So I definitely had to get into living in the more in the present. Yeah. Like focusing on that day, focusing yes. on that moment yes. versus worrying about what I'm going to look like or what my weight's going to be in a week or two weeks. Or Yeah, because when you can come to the present moment and really just surrender, it's not about giving up. Surrender is not giving up. Surrender is just letting go of all of the control mm-hmm. and just be in the moment and let, let, um, well, I want to say let go and let God. Yeah. <laughs> so really just letting go. But I want to go back to the word force because you said you were really, you know, I'm sure your parents care about you and they were like, you, we are going to get a hold of this and we are getting you some help. And to me, everything comes from love. Yes. And so they were forcing you. So if you're listening and you have a family member that is insisting that you get some help, it's because it comes from love. Absolutely. It's not... Or a friend or a boyfriend or yep. a family member. Like, you know, yeah, it, it definitely always is coming from a place of they care about you. That's why they're... And I did. I had that coming at me from different angles. So it was not just my family. It was my friends. It was my relationships yeah. that were telling me this, you've got to take care of this. Yeah. yeah. And I feel really so blessed that you were able to get that help three years in. Absolutely. Because the longer you're in it. Yes. My life would have definitely had a very different trajectory mm-hmm. if I had not gotten out of that when I did. And I was still in high school and I was, Yeah, it was, I really feel blessed, honestly, that it happened at that point versus later in my life when I was more out on my own. Yeah. I had a very good support system. Yeah. And for me, when I was growing up, I was always like, you know, pencil skinny or whatever. And I didn't really have any issues with weight. I had issues with lots of other stuff like emotions. And so, and I also grew up with obesity in my um, direct family and so, uh, or immediate family. And so I, I, you know, I kind of always thought I had some kind of a disorder. And I remember saying that to my husband and he's like, Nicole, you are not the one that is obese in your family. Like you don't have an eating disorder. And then that was, you know, years, 20 years ago, whatever. We've been together 27, 30 years. So that was a long time ago. And then of course, as I was writing, of of course I created one. Right. And that's because of the emotional Mm -hmm. that led me to actually create an eating disorder that I never even had previous. You know what I mean? I do. Well, there's a a lot with that self-fulfilling prophecy too. Right. Like if you keep thinking like this is your, where you're going to end up. Yeah. 
ultimately you're leading yourself there. Yeah. But your I thoughts are and there. I was also one of those gals that did slim fast in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all had had like, a bout with that. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. I and wasn't you probably didn't need it then. <laughs> no. When I met my husband I was 118 pounds. Yeah. But this is the thing though. That's the thing that doesn't get talked about is that you were 118 pounds but for some reason you felt like you needed to be on a diet. No, no, no. I wasn't on really a diet then. Like we're there's like, we're mer we're merging a lot of different yes. stories here together. But when we met, I was really too skinny. Right. Be and I because I was living off of ramen noodles, chard and chardonnay, fast. and 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 cigarettes. So there was, <laughs> there was other other things going on there. All right. Well, we do have to go to break. So I hope you stay with us. Um, my guest is Erin Bose, and uh, you can go to scoutandseller.com/slash Erin Bose for more information about how to sign up with the clean crafted wine, which is such a beautiful thing. Um, I'm your host Nicole Perry. You're listening to Powerful Women Revealed, the place to go and the place to be, right here on 95.9 WA. TD. You know, my book is sprinkled with a few thoughts around anxiety and depression, and it's because food plays a huge part in our mental health. Now that we are emerging from COVID-19 and resuming our work lives as best we can, I decided to roll out a new campaign called Grow to Give to support the Plymouth County Suicide Prevention Coalition. Invest in yourself, your business, and your community at Powerful Women Rise as we grow to give together 10% of all membership dues to the Plymouth County Suicide Prevention Coalition. Claim your business in one of our teams today by visiting PowerfulWomenRise.com and click Get Started. are back. You're listening to Powerful Women Revealed. I'm your host, Nicole Perry, and what a great song. And I'm, I was playing the song, and I realized when I watched the movie, he comes out, the actor comes out in this, um, if you haven't seen the movie, what is the name of the movie? Is it the Yelton John movie? Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the movie. They're all screaming and at the radio. And it wasn't Piano Man, and it they're, wasn't. I'm they're screaming to... at the radio right now. The name <laughs> of the movie. Um, but anyway, he he comes out in the red, um, beautiful, gorgeous, but with the you know the horns and all of the glam, glitz and glam outfit. Sits in the room and says, "I'm an addict. Mm -hmm. I'm addicted to whatever drugs, alcohol, sex." I don't even know. He had so many addictions. He was just listing them all. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I forgot. And I was playing the song anyway. So there was no, there's no coincidences. Nope. <laughs> right? Yeah. No coincidences. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's amazing. Yeah, his story is amazing. Yeah. And and the, the, the lack of love that he wanted from his dad. And it's all of those things that, you know, we have to give to ourselves what other people can't give us. We have to, right? Yep, yep. We have to give to ourselves what other people... So you Absolutely. said he's coming to do a final tour? He is, yeah. I believe he's going to be in Boston area. He's going to be all over. He's doing yeah. a final tour, um, I think, next year. Wow. He's so. one of my favorites. He does like a thing with Dua Lipa. I played one of his songs. Yep, and yep. 
it's a sin with somebody else. I can't remember who. Yeah, who, I've who, seen him in person, and if you haven't, it is a phenomenal experience. Well, I can, I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. But anyway, you know, and and really, I was playing the song because you know, goodbye, yellow brick road. Like goodbye, say just just, you know, it starts, it starts with awareness, mm-hmm. right? But doesn't don't you think there's another step in there? Like acceptance, awareness. I, I think I write about this in my book. What is your guess? <laughs> What's your, because you haven't read the book yet. Not yet. Nope. Um, I have it at my house. I know. I can't wait to start it. Um, so, I mean, awareness and acceptance to me are, are definitely words that are forefront. Yes. Um, forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. Don't you feel like you had to forgive yourself? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I definitely yeah. had to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I and, and it's not just one time. I have to forgive myself for the, you know, shouting that I did the other day at one of my kids or, you know, just whatever. We... we yeah. We have to... If we... We don't have to do anything. But if we do allow ourselves to be that vulnerable and forgive ourselves for anything that we did or said to other people or to ourselves, Mm -hmm. that is when we can move forward. Oh yeah. Because holding on to that just holds you back. Mm -hmm. You you can't really move forward with all that weight you're carrying. So forgiving yourself is like having something lifted off your chest, off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for, and forgiving other people. Other people too, absolutely. And they say that a lot, right? Like carrying around grudges does no harm to the other person. It does harm to you. That's You're right. the one that's feeling it every single day. That's like- They might be going on and living their life and not feeling any of that. Yeah. So why? And what is that saying about um, when you- when you um, want the other person to to be hurt, but you're drinking your own poison. Right, absolutely. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. So yeah. forgiveness is definitely huge. Mm. So what was what was a turning point for you? Uh, I think I had a few. I think one of the biggest turning points for me was when I ended up having to go into treatment facility. Um, to get, and I was just 17. Yeah. Um, I was one of the youngest patients in this, um, it was, it was essentially a, a psychiatric ward in a hospital. Yeah. Um, where they went in there for me to detox and kind of like mm-hmm. get help uh, as a starting point. And I was the youngest patient there, but I was also, it was the first time I think I had really had my eyes open to how many different types of mental illnesses there were. Right. And how like how truly severe some of these people, what they were living with, how heavy and severe it was. And so... Um, it, it put was, it into perspective for you? It did. And it was weird because I was young, so I could have gone either way, right? I could have come out of there just bitter and like, yeah. you know, but I really honestly came out of there going, wow, I don't want to ever... <laughs> A, I never want to be back here. Yep. And B, um, I don't really have it that bad in comparison to other people. And I better get my, for the lack of a better word, shit together. For I'm supposed to say that on air. Stuff together. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. No, that's okay. It's an accident. Stuff it, together. Yes. And, and really kind of yeah. work Me on. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I was 16 
and I had attempted suicide, so I'm a survivor, and most of my listeners know that. Um, and it's and I write a little bit about it in the book. Um, but um, when I was sitting in that psychiatric ward, and there were all of those people with really severe mental problems, I I just thought to myself, you know, my my problems were um, almost petty. You know, and not to diminish anything I was going through, right? We're not mm. diminishing what we're going through. But for me, it was a huge perspective. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I wanted to go home. I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. I, I, I don't belong. You know, that song, one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I do think like you hit on something really important because... Um, you're, I was told this often too, even though we sat there and said like, oh, our problems aren't nearly as big as other yep. people's, um, it's still your reality yes. that you're living. So it's important for people who are going through things that they feel like are really hard for them, Yes, that they don't compare and say, um, you know, well, why am I feeling this way? And get down on themselves for feeling bad about their situation, because I think it's still their reality. Yep. No matter if somebody else has it worse, you're still they're still living through that. I think it's important yeah. to have a perspective on it. It is. You know, to go, okay, there are people who have it worse out there. Yeah. But don't but not to then make yourself feel bad for feeling bad about whatever is going on that is hurt hurting you or yes. that is Exactly. Yeah. Like I mean there's so many comparables that we can share. Like right. giving birth, you know. Um but then there's people in the world that were not able to ever conceive. Right. So giving birth was difficult. Yep. yep. <laughs> and you want to acknowledge what I, you know, I want to acknowledge what I went through and what my body went through, um, even though there are other people that have it worse. Yep. You know, I mean, exactly. there are my grandmother or people in my family that had stillborn. So you're not diminishing what you went through. You're acknowledging, like you yeah. said, your own reality. You're acknowledging your own reality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was a turning point. And then I think another one was honestly just, um, you know, becoming a mom because it was now I had this other responsibility to take care of my body and myself. In a different way. In a different way so that I could be around and have energy and be out with him running around. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally different way. All right, we have one more segment. I hope you stay with us. Um, again, you can go to the PowerfulWomenRise.com website to find Erin in the directory. She is a Powerful Women Rise gal. Uh, I hope you uh, stay with us. You're listening to Powerful Women Revealed, the place to go and the place to be right here on WATD. Are you getting the support you need to move your business forward? The perfect group for you might just be Powerful Women Rise. We are a motivational mastermind for women who are serious about transforming their businesses and missions. At each meeting, we educate ourselves on topics relevant to the entrepreneur today. And we gain incredible support from a team of professionals with diverse experiences and wisdom. So how do you want to be supported over the next 12 months? Visit PowerfulWomenRise.com to register or get started today.
And we are back. You're listening to Powerful Women Revealed. I'm your host, Nicole Perry. We have one final quick segment. My guest is Erin Bose. Thank you so much for being with me today. You're like my little co-host. Thank you for having me <laughs> again. And it's and it's not an easy subject. It's not easy to talk about all of this stuff. The conversation can go in so many different directions. Um, it's interesting to talk about. I love talking about health and well-being. I love talking about mental health versus mental illness. Um, I have the utmost respect for anyone that has any kind of mental illness. Um, but I want to talk about inspiration in this next segment. And it's going to go by pretty fast. Okay. And specifically, inspiration around food. Yes. I love food. I love... Now, <laughs> now in my now life, you do. I can say I actually love food. I, yeah. It's... I love food so much that I am definitely not willing to give it up ever again. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much that I will go out of my way to make sure things taste delicious and that it's easy and quick. Which is huge because that that if you can find that, then you're going to enjoy making it. Yeah. And if you enjoy making it, what you put on your plate at the end as corny and cheesy as it sounds, is a plate full of love. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> right? So then you are going to enjoy eating it and you're going to, your body really will feel that. I honestly quickly will tell you, I just returned from Europe. I was in Spain and oh, yeah. I allowed myself to just be in, so present, present and in yeah. the moment and eat everything and yeah. try everything. And because everything was homemade yeah you truly felt that yeah i didn't eat one packaged food, anything food is energy it is everything is energy mm-hmm. and you felt that love and that energy in everything you ate and you yeah. didn't have any gut issues i had no gut issues i felt lighter i had mm. no bloating or anything i was and you ate bread and you ate pasta i ate <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I mean, I eat. I eat my way through the country. Yeah. Um, but it was. It was different. Yeah. I really felt the difference, and it made me come back and reevaluate. Like, oh, wait a minute. Like cooking your own food and putting the love into it that way. Yeah. I I make um, almost everything from scratch. I, I mean, I do eat corn chips and salsa and I do eat gluten-free crackers and some things that are packaged. Um, but uh, most of my meals come from fresh vegetables. And I, I even start my breakfast with vegetables. So it's I almost make an omelet without the egg and the milk. Mm. Like it's all the vegetables sauteed and then I put hot sauce on it. <laughs> so for you, because I think this is something that people are curious about usually, like how did you get to a point where you found enough ways to make this healthy food that you had that variety and you found that you really I, just enjoyed enjoyed it. You weren't missing the other stuff. Yeah. I, how I did it was one thing at a time and I didn't stress over anything. I like, oh, maybe now is a time for me to let go of gluten and just be, just call myself gluten sensitive. 
right? And I'm not, you know, um, I don't have celiac. I've never been tested. I haven't removed every ounce of piece of gluten from my body because there's lots of variety of what's in wheat and what is gluten. And I, I, for me, it was like, oh, if I just call myself gluten sensitive, can't eat the muffins, can't eat the donut, can't eat the cookies, sorry, can't eat the bread. You know, there's, it eliminates croissant, like it eliminates um, all of the foods that are not good for us. Fried food, mm -hmm. it eliminates automatically all of the bad food when you call yourself. Now you can't also go that route where suddenly I'm gluten-free and now I'm going to buy everything in the frozen food aisle that says gluten-free because right. that's all packaged paragraphs of ingredients with all kinds of other stuff in there that is not healthy for you. So Right. So for you, particularly like going through and figuring out your um, health, getting onto this healthy My path, love diet. Your My, love diet. Yep. You found that you needed to find foods that we're going to fuel you and make you healthy, healthier. I didn't really look. Like, in other words, I'm thinking of it like for somebody who's the other way, like anorexic or bulimic, yep. Yep. They're, they're thing avoidance. They're, they're, they're doing the avoidance different. thing or the eliminating thing right. where I have the emotional binge eating. I wasn't looking for foods that were going to right. um, fill a hole or you fill a need. You were looking for ways to kind of reduce and change up how you were. Shift shift how you were eating your relationship to food yes and if you if you look at the love diet i created for myself it's not necessarily something i think everybody needs to or should do it's something people could try if it is in alignment with who they are and right. where they live and their lifestyle and all of those kind of things but it was sort of like one thing at a time when we got to go oh my god i can't believe it's <laughs> one thing at, at a time i started to um just say you know what i'm all set with deli meat i i just it's bad energy food i'm all set and that includes linguisa bacon charis you know all of the fun sausage all of that stuff so for me deli meat is one word that i sort of encompass in everything but i can't believe we are out of time it, time flies i know i want to thank you so much for listening again you can find erin at the uh, powerfulwomenrise.com website thank you again for being here i want to leave you with this final quote from my own book and this is um and it is a vicious cycle indeed when we continue to believe that the trick still lies up someone else's sleeve. I want to thank you so much for listening and joining me to help end systemic racism by shifting our language inside our homes and speaking up in public. I hope you will tune in next Sunday after the news at noon. Until then, I'm your host, Nicole Perry. Have a great week. And remember, knowledge is power, and it's what you do with that knowledge that matters. Thank you again, Erin. Mm -hmm.